you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. And uh, Buck, man, this is... uh, this is going to be a little bit of a fly by the seat of your pants show because we are recording this at nine o'clock West Coast time on the mm-hmm. on the trading deadline day. So literally, we have everything mapped out we want to talk about. And I just glanced down at my computer and I see the Texans are trading pass rusher Charles Aminahu, uh to the Niners in exchange for a future pick. Um, so I have a ma- I imagine like as we're going through this, Nabil, keep us honest, keep an eye on, on social media, make sure we're not missing any big trades that are coming down, but it's fun, man. I know, I know it's not like MLB or, or, or NBA in terms of the trade deadline, but we, we still have a couple things going on here. Yeah. A couple of things going on. The first thing I think about when I hear that the Texans are trading away another player, I was like, man, I don't know if they're good enough to trade away players. Like, <laughs> like, like you, you have to start from scratch. They're going to build their team like an expansion team. I mean, I understand wanting to have currency coming back, but don't you want to keep some of your good players? I mean, it is a, down to the studs. My my question is, do they do the reverse? Do they reverse out the Tunsil trade, right? You send assets out once upon a time when you were a championship team to go get yeah. premier left tackle and Larry Tunsil. Now your team stinks. Um, it's a total teardown job. And he is there. You know, obviously you have the biggest asset there with Deshaun Watson to see what they want to do there. But if you're going to take it all the way down to the studs, I, I wonder if he's if, if that's even in <laughs> so, play. I mean, start it all over. I mean, because if you're going to trade away the franchise quarterback and the left tackle, I mean, why not start all the way over again with the building blocks that you have to have? Yeah. Quarterback, left tackle, a couple pass rushers, whatever. Just, I mean, just start from scratch. And I guess we're going to find all of those players yeah. in the draft. Yeah. I mean, well, I, here's, I mean, here's, I, here's a project. Here's a project for a listener. Because every now and then I, I, I give you homework, you give me homework. I, I say we give our, our listeners some homework. Somebody take upon this upon themselves. Go back and look at all the players that the Rams have traded for. Put those in one column. Then go back and look at who all those picks that they traded have become. <laughs> because I think what you'll see is you're going to see a lot of blah on that on yes. that other column. And you're going to see superstars kind of on, on the Rams side of things. So that's a project. Somebody's got to execute that for us. And I think that's the thing, DJ, and that's the thing that is – um, mind-boggling to me. And I've come full circle because we come from the college world where you want to hoard picks and oh, yeah. I want to have a bunch of lottery tickets and those things. But the more I get into this, the more I'm like, eh, I mean, it's fine. Because we've seen that even if you take it down to four picks, you easily can build it back up to eight picks. Yeah. Now, there might be not, you might not have an opportunity to get eight premier picks in the first and second rounds, but you certainly can have enough to get some lottery tickets to get some players to add to the roster while getting a marquee player away from it that you certainly want. Here's my, and we're going to get to some other things here. We got, we're going to go back and look at our notes from Mike White when he was coming out, obviously coming off a big game for the Jets. Where do the Saints go from here? We want to dig in a little bit to what we saw from Kansas City and the Giants as well. So a lot of different things we want to touch on, depending on what breaking news happens as we're rolling here. Um, but one thing I, I want to hit on the Rams while, while we're here, Buck, you don't, these aren't big trades for guards. These are not big trades for off-the-ball linebackers. These are trades for premier positions. We always talk about those big you know, four positions or what have you. You're talking about mm-hmm. quarterback, edge rusher, corner. Um, you'd say you know, offensive tackle would probably be tackle. that other, but they, you know, they've, they're, they're okay there. So they've, attached, they've attacked those other three major positions with picks. So if those picks end up being some middling offensive linemen, linebackers, safeties, mm-hmm. they really don't care. No, they don't care because what it does, it, 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 it sets it up. This is a, a game, and I'll use it in basketball terms because Gino Ariema talks about this when he builds his team out. My job is to get the ball to my best players and let my best players have the biggest impact on the game. Mm-hmm. What the Rams are doing and Les Snead and Sean McVay are doing is they're looking at the critical positions that you have to have, and they're making sure that they have star power in those yes. positions. Quarterback has star power. First pass rusher, Aaron Donald, has star power. 
You're bringing over uh, Von Miller. But remember, you also signed Leonard Floyd. Did they sign Leonard Floyd? Did they trade for Leonard Floyd? I can't remember. Uh, they I, think they sign, I think they signed him. Obviously, they re-signed him. But I yeah. think they, yeah. So, 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 so either way, they got Leonard Floyd, uh, another first-rounder, who they now go with Von Miller. So now they have two-and-a-half pass rushes because that's what we'll, we'll say they count um, as a, a half a guy. Then you have Jalen Ramsey. Five of the marquee positions are guys who are stars, DJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just stars like, oh, we think they're going to be stars, but stars who have stars on their resumes. Pro Bowl, all pro appearances. They're guys who are legit elite players. And you know, when you have elite players as those key positions, you are always in the conversation to go to the dance. And that is what they're in. They're not only dancing, but they're dictating the terms. They got, look, they got the quarters that go into the jukebox mm-hmm. based on what they have. They have everything that you can want. And I know there's conversation about, well, Von Miller is not what he once was. That's cool. But I see this kind of how, when the Lakers and Phil Jackson and the Lakers have always done it, you kind of get this old guy near the end of his career, but somehow when he puts on the uniform, he plays a little differently because now he's not expected to be the number one. He's mm-hmm. the number three and him as a number three exceeds whatever anybody else has as the number three. Von Miller doesn't have to be a star. Von Miller as a role player playing alongside Aaron Donald, is going to make Von Miller look like a star because he's going to have one-on-one matchups. And he's good enough, he's experienced enough to be able to still win against one-on-one matchups, which he might not have seen as frequently in Denver. All right, this is something I did not anticipate, and I want to let this know for the record. I do not own any of Toby Keith's music, okay? (laughs) But I have listened to country radio from time to time. And I had heard this song a long time ago. And so I just looked up the lyrics. You ready, Buck? This is the Rams. This is Von Miller. Uh, I ain't as good as I once was. I got a few years on me now. But there was a time back in my prime when I could really lay it down. If you need some love tonight, then I might just have enough. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. They don't need Von Miller to have a great season. They need Von Miller to have one or two great playoff games. That's that's what they need Von Miller to do. You didn't think I was coming with Toby Keith. I mean, that was not I mean, part of the plan. Like, I mean, I, I dig it, though. I dig it because it, it makes sense. It is very similar to what the Arizona Cardinals were hoping for with J.J. Watt. Yeah. And some of the older players that they in hindsight, before. In hindsight, I wonder if they if had a do-over if they would have just even cut his reps down even more and just tried to yeah. get him to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Low management. Yeah. Try and, try and kind of just get him to, hey, let's just get him to get, get him to the, the tournament. Where it matters. Yeah, get him to the tournament so we have a chance. I think that is the move. You're right. And we have seen people do this uh, at the deadline. They do it in other sports, in baseball and in basketball in particular, where, okay, what do we need? Okay, let's go get a hired gun. Yeah. To fill this out. Von Miller is the higher gun. And we can talk about he's not what he needs, what he was, and he doesn't have the same deal. I don't care what anyone says. When you line up across from him, you still have all the images of (laughs) those 110 sacks that he has tallied since he entered the league. That matters. And Aaron Donald is going to elevate anybody that plays on that defensive line. And so because he's such a commanding presence and because he goes so hard that naturally athletes, competitive athletes raise their game because they want to be in the same conversation. He's going to make Von Miller a better player. All right. I want you to do this for the listeners in, and that is explain the color system. Because when we're talking in our language, our vernacular, we might say we've got a blue player. Um, explain, explain the colors real quick here, Buck. And then I want to make a point on the back end of that. Yeah, so the, the the color system, and it varies a little bit team to team, but what you do is you categorize players by color just to kind of talk about their long-term potential. So at the top of the board, we talk about our blues. Mm-hmm. Our blue players are our um, all-pro, Pro Bowl caliber players, guys that are considered to be the best two, three, maybe best five players in the league at their position. It is rare to be able to give out a blue grade. Like, that should be reserved for the best of the best. Like, you are very stingy when it comes to that. After that, it depends, DJ, because I've been in places where the next one was red. Yeah, Other places are gold. Where have you been? Yeah, red, red, I believe, was the second one. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, well, I think so, we went so red, red, then we went purple, but yeah. Yeah, so so red is your solid starters who have the potential and the right system, the right development to maybe ascend to being a blue player. But mm-hmm. they're your day one starters. They play, they play well. You feel good about them. Uh, not, not, mind, I think we described them as not looking to replace them. Like yes. you're not actively trying to replace these guys. They're functional, fully developed starting players. Right. Like for us, that would be like the the six nine, the seven O's, the six fives, that range where they're solid, yeah. solid players. You feel good about it. You're not looking to get out of that. After that, you talk about purples. Uh, some places I've been, it's green, but yeah. it's the player that is a developmental player that might be ascending or descending. Mm-hmm depending on where we catch them in their career. We think they either have the potential to go up to be a starter level or they're a guy that's coming out of being a starter, but it's still kind of in the mix, but not quite where you want and you're looking for better at the position. And then after that, you talk about your developmental guys, your backups, your situational players, and all those things. Mm -hmm. But we've talked about it. I think you used 12 as the number. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was in Carolina. Yeah. Championship Foundation. When I was in Carolina, we believed it needed to be eight to 12 blue players to be able to be a championship caliber team. And so you talk about guys that are Pro Bowl, all pro caliber, dominant players. They are the elites at their respective positions. And I go back to the roster. When we went to Super Bowl 38, we had that. And it played out in space mm-hmm. because it put us in a situation to be in the Super Bowl. And so I kind of stay true to that. All right, here was the championship foundation that we we had talked about before. Quarterback, obviously one quarterback, mm-hmm. two pass rushers. So you could make a case the Rams felt like they needed that second pass rusher. Yep. You know, three offensive playmakers. That can be a combination of receivers, tight ends, backs. The the Rams have that. Um, three defensive playmakers. So guys that can go hunt, hunt around, make plays. And then we said three quality offensive linemen. Although you know, this was from 2019 when we did that. I would even amend the three quality offensive linemen to say no, my no tomato can philosophy, right? Just five goods. I don't even need – I don't need any greats. Just give me five <laughs> goods. So if we're talking colors, if you had five reds, fine. Yeah. I don't need a premium I blue. Starters. I don't need a blue. Yeah. I don't need a blue offensive lineman. It's a luxury, but you don't need it as long as you don't have any terrible players on there. But but what I wanted to get to with the Rams thing, and look, that's why I want to mention the colors here, Buck, is because – if you if you set up the depth chart and you have the colors for the players, it's mm-hmm. every team has that. Um, and you look at it and say, okay, I would rather have the blues like they have at quarterback, pass rusher, corner, um, at those three spots, blues. And then if you have a smattering of reds and purples everywhere else, I'm fine with that. Versus another team that might have blue everywhere, but maybe doesn't have a blue quarterback or a blue edge rusher. You know what I'm saying? So even though the paper might be more blue for one team than it is for the Rams, the Rams have the blue in the right spot, and then they're playing with steady quality players everywhere else. If you look at it, letter grades, okay, we've got A quarterback, A pass rusher, A corners, and then we can get by with you know Bs and Cs just about everywhere else. You might have As everywhere else, and you got a C quarterback. That's fine. I'll take my A quarterback against your C quarterback. You have all the, the C of blue you want over there. Yeah, the C, Cs gets degrees. Exactly. exactly. Degrees if you have enough blue chip players. DJ, in those situations, um, it's similar to the way that you would build a basketball team in the NBA, where they always talk about the big three. Is the big three than the others? And Mm -hmm. so if we use the Brooklyn Nets, um, Kyrie, James Harden, uh, Kevin Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. And then you surround them with the solid players to go and get it done. you can win and win a lot of games like that. Now it puts more pressure on your blues to play at a high level and you need them to knock on wood, not uh, suffer an injury. Mm-hmm. But man, if you have stars, it gives you a chance. Now the pressure, I will say this because this is a coaching thing that has to go on. Regular season. Yeah. The stars or whatever in the postseason, though, I need the stars to play like stars. Mm-hmm. Your stars can't be shrinking violets in the postseason. So you have to have the ability to be able to get it done when everyone knows that, hey, man, these guys have to get it done. And the Rams are going all in on, look, Star Wars. I mean, they have some of the best that you can you can imagine uh, slotted into those marquee positions, and they all carry blue grades. 
Yeah, it's it's really interesting, man, when you kind of do a deep dive on it. I think it's also it's easier um, when you have those championship pieces, that foundation in place to be more willy nilly with picks too. you know, I wouldn't advise the Rams strategy for a team that doesn't have their quarterback and is not using their capital to get anything other than a quarterback. That's what I would not advise. No, I, I mean, look, know where you I, I are in the a, process. No, know where yeah, you are. I, in the process. I think it's a bit risky. I think you have to have a clear understanding of how to build your team if you want to do it like that. But I think we've talked about this. We talked about this during COVID about how COVID and the pandemic was going to change a little bit of the scouting process because it impacted the way that college players were being developed and those things. And I think more of the things that are happening at the lower levels are maybe devaluing some of the draft picks. The transfer portal where everyone is kind of bouncing around. I don't know if kids are going to be as developed as they were coming into the game because everyone is popcorning around. So you never really get to get in a system where you develop a full set of skills. It's always kind of, um, I don't know, on the fly. It's almost like AAU basketball, travel ball. You don't really get into a system, so you can't really fully evaluate them. And because of so much uncertainty with everybody moving around, are you better to say, you know, like, I like these picks, but I'm not necessarily married to them because when I bring them in, I don't really know what I'm getting. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get it. If I take an older player, an experienced player, at least I know here's what he does really well. Now it's on me to figure out how to maximize it. It's more subjective in that regard than I would say risky when it comes to the scouting process. You still need cheap players, and that's where the draft Mm -hmm. comes in. So I still go back to what we said when we were talking about Seattle and maybe the the do-over, I think, that that Schneider might like to have, which is to to try and trade back and accumulate more picks in a draft. You don't have three picks in a draft. You don't have a first-round pick. Like That's not not what you want. I think less – uh, with the Rams, Les Snead is going to get some more comp picks. So the, you know, some people were saying, "Oh, they're going to have three or four picks next year." No, they're not. They're going to get they're going to get a few a comp picks to go along with that. I think they've yeah. got another pick coming, a third next year for Brad Holmes, right? So they get another uh, an extra pick for that for him getting the GM job uh, in Detroit. So they're going to have more picks, and he's going to be able, if he wants to, to trade back and accumulate more. So in in the roster building model, you still have to have draft picks as cheap some cheap players, but the old model of saying you got one in the first, one in the second, one in the third. No, nah, you know what? Maybe I don't have a one or a two, but maybe I can maneuver this around where I get four or five picks in the third or fourth round combined. And I don't have to hit on everyone. I got to hit on, on two of them. And I hit on two of those guys. They end up hitting. I'm good. Yeah. Now, and think about this model. When we think about the cheap positions, I think the team that is going to be able to go next level using that is the team that can identify where the high probability is that you can get a cheap draft pick that can mm-hmm. come into the system and play and play right away. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if I'm, uh, I mean, like I'll tell you this, the, the Patriots do this, yeah. right? The Patriots rarely go and dig into a first or second round cornerback, right? Mm-hmm. They'll take a high end free agent corner, like a Stefan Gilmore, a Darrell Revis or whatever. Would you ever notice how they surround those guys with a bunch of undrafted free agents? Mm-hmm. Because at cornerback, Day three picks, you can get away with that, particularly if you're the Patriots and you play all man to man. So it's understanding how you want to build your team. And so they may have the one marquee player in the secondary that is getting paid top dollar, but everybody else says, hey, fend for yourself. And then at the end of the four year turn, they're like, ah, we appreciate yeah. your contributions. We're going to go back in and see if we can find some others. Yeah. It's kind of part of the deal. Yeah. I, I think the other way to look at it too is there's, um, certain items you don't you don't go cheap on right we've talked mm-hmm. about those those marquee positions you don't go cheap there and why we what we mean by that is that's where your high draft picks are and that's where uh your free agent guys are if you want to make a trade make a trade for a quarterback make a trade for an edge rusher like those are the those are the ones you can you know spend those high dollar assets on um the other thing is when you look at the rest of your roster and we say okay well man we're we can allow linebackers safeties to me even wide receivers we can cycle through these guys. We'll take comp picks. You can walk. We'll take the comp picks because guess what? I can go shopping. You give me third, fourth, fifth I can get those picks, anywhere. I can find uh, – look under – I, I think I just anywhere. found another wide receiver right underneath this phone. Like they're they're everywhere. So the, the, know, know, know that. Know what the value is of the positions and know when, where you need to shop to find those. 
And, and and that's the thing. Like as much as we talk about running backs, it's almost becoming like that with wide receivers because the market is so saturated with good pass catchers that you can pause and say, ah, yeah. we might not need to resign you. Like I love you, but I don't, I don't know if we want to go to that point. If not, we'll find a young player. And if you have a system that's adaptable, as long as I have, particularly if I have that blue chip quarterback, right? If we're holding out. And when we talk about blue chip, it's not, oh, I'm a squint and maybe, oh, he's touching the line. We're talking about a blue chip quarterback that you know, because we've seen this time and time again. Man, a great quarterback can elevate receivers, mm-hmm. can absolutely elevate them because they make the game easier for him. So it's a, it's fascinating. But DJ, you talk about those blue chip players at just those marquee spots and just having to, I mean, fill in the gaps. Like it's, it is a very, very interesting team building approach. And who can knock it? Because, I mean, they're right there. Durant's right where they want to be. They're right there. So how can you knock the team building process they're, they're adhering to? All right. I've got a running back thought I want to get to. We're going to do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, Buck. So we just saw the the injury with Derrick Henry, right? And I, I know we've kind of, I believe we've pretty, pretty much been on the same page when it comes to running backs, which has been, mm-hmm. we are not the... Running backs have no value uh, group, um, but mm-hmm. we are uh, kind of what we've talked about. Once you have your team in place, you can drop then. Them then, if yeah, if, if you've got those other the other things, then then you can drop one in. We don't have a problem with you taking one in the first round with what we're getting at. If the rest of the team is built and you want to drop that guy in, but don't don't make that the beginning portion of mm-hmm. your build. That's that's just not it's not wise. And I think this Derrick Henry injury is going to be fascinating because maybe. Gosh, I would say maybe them and the Browns, like a running back built centric team. And the the problem with being that way is, you know, you obviously would ideally like to be a quarterback driven team mm-hmm. and the quarterback. You can have some injuries. We've seen that in the last few weeks. We've seen some quarterbacks go down, but the the probability of your running back going down far greater uh, than, than your quarterback. So now you've lost him. We've seen what the Carolina Panthers look like. That's a running back uh, driven team, how they're built. It's built around Christian McCaffrey. You take him out of the mix, not a, not a yeah, good offense. No, so I'm curious same. to see how this works without Derrick Henry and if that would even, as great as he's been, if it would even you know maybe potentially scare teams away from that, just saying, man, this we can't be that running back dependent is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, um, I think there are a few different things with that I think it's very true I think everyone is looking at the Derrick Henry situation trying to figure out how is this going to impact team building processes going forward that's natural mm-hmm. uh two-time Russian champ guy who's got two well on the way to 2000 year season he he's different and his workload you know when you look up and you see the amount of carries that he had over the next closest guy like that's un- uncommon and we talked about that shelf life for running backs and those things I don't know when it comes to building a team if the Derrick Henry model is ideal where you just have one guy doing everything. Mm-hmm. I would think the Browns model. Um, yeah. They would do that. Yeah. The odds are better in your favor. You can keep one of those guys healthy. Right. Keep one of those guys healthy and you just always can do it. And DJ, how about we take the approach with running backs? Like I told you, uh, Ron Wolf did with quarterbacks every other year, he would draft one early. So Keep why don't we just say yeah. that no no matter what, we always are going to use a second or third round pick on a running back because the sweet spot, when you look at the runners, the ones that are at the top of the chest, most of them come from like second or third round. Uh, the Denver Broncos system or the old Shanahan system kind of skews some of the other stuff when it comes to the other guys. But normally, Shady McCord was a second round pick. Le'Veon Bell was a second round pick. Derrick Henry is a second round pick. Alvin Kamara is a third round pick. Normally, that is Matt Forte was a second round pick. Dalvin Cook. That's the sweet mention? spot. Yeah. yeah, Dalvin Cook. So why not every year, every other year, 
Just make sure you take a high-end running back in that range. And it fits. It just allows you to have fresh legs, to attack people, to grind, and everyone doesn't have to shoulder the burden. So you know how you're trying to take care of yourself physically and you uh, you say, okay, well, man, I worked out. I worked out an extra, you know, 30 minutes today. I can have, I can treat myself to a little, little something, maybe not as healthy from a, from a dietary standpoint. If you want to stomach taking a running back within the first three rounds, which some people will say they're patently against to me, it's, it's very simple of where I'm going to trade down in the first or second round, a few spots. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, that is the, the bonus pick that I'm going to get. It's an extra pick. I feel like I've I, I've done my job. I've got a little extra exercise. I can afford to go have the little Reese's peanut butter cup, which is a which is a running back here in the second or third round, because it's a bonus pick. You just you add that pick. It's not part of your original draft picks, and you just look at that. Hey, this was a little sugar I got for just trading down a few spots, and I kind of keep the legs fresh in that room, and, and I'm not yes. going to put the burden on one dude. No, no, DJ. Like uh, I know we've talked about. Um, football and high school and my stuff or whatever. So we're a team that uh, we, we run wing T double wing, whatever you want to call it. But the beauty of the system is like, you can play a bunch of different backs. And I was advised by old school, high school coaches like, Hey man, don't just give it to one guy because over the course of a long season, that's mm-hmm. a lot of shots, a lot of car wrecks for one guy to, absorb. you end up with Todd Gurley. Is what, that's what happens. Yeah. You end up with a Todd Gurley yeah. that, in and out. So it's, it's best that you distribute it. And get good backs, good, high-quality backs that you can share the load. And what I think we'll see more teams do is people hate the running back by committee, but I think in a 17-game season – I think it's the way to go. I think I, I think it's the way that you have to go. And not only do you do it like that, I think you almost have to build in some load management things. Hey, man, every every fifth game, dude, you might yeah. have to sit. Yeah, you might have. Oh, to, we can you get you. We'll get you ten touch. We're ten touch limit. Like, or you know, we're yeah. not going over ten touches. Yeah, we 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 gonna keep the pitch count down. We are gonna make sure that we load it up. We have enough running backs in the pipeline and the hopper. Hey, we're going. And so it's a little more systematic than you would like, or that some teams can tolerate right now. But I think you have to evolve, DJ, because it is it is hard. Just think about the injuries that we've already had, and we're just getting to the midway point. Mm-hmm. And normally the attrition begins to really impact everybody down to the end. But let me give you, let me give you the, I just looked this up. So this is just the rushing yards leader so far. Okay. Derrick Henry, second round, right? Mm. Jonathan Taylor, second round. Nick Chubb, second round, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's the first three. Joe Mixon, fourth. Second, Joe. Round. second or second third? Round. Second round. Let me let me look that up real quick. Joe Mixon was second round, 48th pick. So the first four are second round picks. Zeke is fifth. Obviously, he's a first round pick. Damian Harris, uh, I think, was what, a three? Wait. Well, uh, yeah, you know what? He might have been three. Damian really Harris was an 87th pick. He was a third yeah, rounder. I like I, yeah, I had a good grade on him. So, so five of the top six rushers were second or third round picks. Daryl Henderson is seventh. He was a third round pick. So six of the top seven. Um, and then you get James Robinson, who was a free agent. Uh, Alvin Kamara was a third-round third pick, which is still amazing to me. Um, Isn't so it, DJ? It's all like second it, and third-round picks. That's like all That's all the top ten. So that right there kind of defines it, right? So if we talk about from a philosophical standpoint, right, you and I have already talked about the first round should be reserved for uh, we talked about offensive and defensive linemen. So trenches, then we, we're talking about quarterbacks, pass rushers. And you're big on the corner in yeah. the first round. I kind of go back and forth about whether I, I think a corner could be. I think some of it is systematic, but I'll put the asterisk by that. Yeah. So the first round is for skills and trenches, mm-hmm. right? Uh, second round, third round, okay, that's where we go and get our running backs. And I bet you if we look up, DJ – there are probably some other spots that we can get in the second and third round that always bears out. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the off-the-ball linebacker like your uh, Fred Warners, your Levante Davids, um, uh, Bob, Bobby Wagner. Maybe mm-hmm. he's a second round. Yeah, Bobby Wagner's so, a second round pick. So, so now, DJ, what we're doing is we're tiering the way that we view these people, but we're also putting them in rounds where we want to target. Hey, first round, 
here's where we're always looking to pick. We're, we're shopping at this store and this is Nordstrom's. We're only getting shoes from here. We only get shoes in the first round. We get our clothes in the second and third round and we, we bring it down because I think in that second and third round, you can get your linebackers, your wide receivers and your running backs. All right. You, you mentioned what you mentioned. You mentioned wide receivers. OK, let's go wide receivers yardage right now. Cooper Cup, number one, third round pick. Third round. Debo Samuel, second round. Second. Jamar Chase, which falls in the freak show category. He's a freak show. Number one. Yeah. First round pick. Devontae Adams, second round pick. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill is a unique situation because of the, the yep. off the field stuff coming out. But I think if you yeah, – anyway, I'll leave that one on. All right. Chris Godwin is next. Second. Second round. Second or third. Yeah. DJ Moore after that. He's a DJ, late first round. DJ Moore was the 24th pick. You're right. For some reason I was thinking he was a two. So then you get uh, CeeDee Lamb. Michael Pittman was a second rounder. Um, DK Metcalf's not far behind there. He's a second rounder. So here's, here's what I'm discovering. Second and third round, like that is all the more reason to trade down and one. If like if you can get a freak, you take a freak. If there's not a freak or a premier, 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 premier player, just trade down a little bit and get yourself. I want as many bites at the apple in the second, third round as possible. Right? If you're picking outside the top ten, like I get it. If you're picking inside the top ten, you've got a chance to get quarterbacks, defensive ends, you know, tackles. Like I get that. You're in the top ten, stick and pick. You know, I, I'm okay with that. You're picking 14, you're picking 17, you're picking 22. There's no difference between 22 and 25. Just go back three spots and get as many second and third round picks as you can potentially get. I think what we're doing, because this is this is really fun. Um, we said first round, quarterbacks, rushers, linemen. So yeah. O-line, D-line. Now are we talking tackles or are we talking guards too? No, I mean, look, I. It depends on where you are in your building process, but yeah. um, I, okay. I think I'm. I think to me, offensive lineman, I would put together as a whole. I used to be more tackle over interior guys, but you can make a case sometimes your interior guys can be even more valuable than your tackle. So I'm I'm, I'm coming off of the tackle and just saying premier bigs. It's hard to find premier bigs. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good with that because that's what I wrote down. I wrote rushers, O line, D line corners second round are our skill guys right so we talk about yeah. running backs receivers wide receivers uh i talked about linebackers yeah i mean there. i i yeah i think like to me linebackers safeties um tight ends third fourth round I, I don't even know that i need to go in the second round for those guys do you um i think i get a better product at linebacker, second inside linebacker, off the ball, difference maker type. Yeah. I think I'm more likely to get him in the second. I would have to go back and look and see of those top linebackers. That's fine. I don't. I don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Only because Darius Leonard, I think, is a second rounder. When you go and you look yeah. at the Pro Bowlers, yeah. those are kind of guys. I don't know what is the third round for. What do we get in the third round? Where do, well, we saw a mixture well, of wide receivers. Third. We saw we saw yeah, there's a good number of third, third round, round receivers that are good players. So day two, we get those. I mean, you can, um, to me, like third round, you can get tight ends, you can get safeties. Like those are, you know, skill you, guys. You, you can find those yeah. guys. Diamond does. Uh, where we where do we we put the cornerback? The blue chip cornerback. We're putting that in the first round. Right yeah, now. I still think corners are hard. I mean, I think those those Jaylen, big, big athletic. Jaylen, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, um, a lot of ones. I think you man. look at it. Lot, yeah, a lot of, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. There's a ton of ones. So it's hard to find those guys. So to me, like that's, it's a good exercise. But th- what I what I keep coming back to is that, I think we had this long conversation, but we can say, are we are we in agreement that. If you're not picking in the top 10 and maybe even give you the grace to the top 15 outside of that, for the most part, it's going reverse, man. It's going reverse. Back up, back up, get in the second round, get more of your second round picks. Cause you can, you can't find it. Particularly if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. If you know exactly what you're looking for, it has been proven time and time again, that you certainly can find those guys. And I do believe over time, if we look at the pro bowl players at those positions, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we probably can find a little bit of a trend uh, when it yeah. comes to building the, the team. Now, the, the other the other part that I would say, the one caveat is 
if you're picking, if you're picking in the twenties, and now you've got a player who you have as your seventh player on the board, and he somehow miraculously falls to you, and you 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 think he's the mm-hmm. seventh best player in the draft, you take him. You know, don't get cute and trade down. Like if if you just think the whole rest of the league screwed up, trust in your evaluation and do it. I get that, but most times that's not the way it is. Usually when you're picking down there. You're like, okay, there's three or four guys we kind of like here. There's some division. Some guys want this guy. Other guys want that guy. Well, let's just trade down a few spots and let fate decide what we got there. That's fine. Yeah, no. Man, I think I think there's some some value to this. Like, I wrote down draft tiers and marquee positions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it because even with the quarterbacks, DJ, we can talk about like, oh, you might be able to – over time the league says your quarterbacks are first-rounders. Yeah. Period. Like, it's yeah, that's what it is. Runs. Yeah, we get lucky every now and then, but for the most yeah, part, this that's ma- where they come. Whether from. it's manufactured or not, then being in the first round, first round pick, you got to take. It's going to be a quarterback. Yeah. So uh-huh. there, there, there you go. Uh, so, anyways, an interesting uh, little project there. Let, let's uh, let's move on to the discussion. I want to talk to you real quick about uh, the Saints and where they go. Let's do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, Buck. So we have Jameis Winston go down. Um, I'll give you my name that came to me right away and made all the sense in the world, and then I'll let you go and see what you want to do with this topic. But I don't know if anybody knows much about geography, but Mobile, Alabama is not far from New Orleans, Louisiana. And if I'm Sean Payton and I'm the New Orleans Saints, I'm saying, Philip Rivers, you had a great high school season. I don't think their team made the playoffs. I think they were they had a great year, but I don't I think they're done. I think their season's over. And I would wow. be saying we are a defensive team. We've got a we've got a big time back. We're gonna get all these other players back. You're fresh. You haven't had any hits on your body. Um, wow. you come back in. We won't, you don't need to play for the first couple of weeks. We'll let you acclimate, and then be a caretaker. Make good decisions. And you can function in this offense, and off we go. Mm. I think I would make that call, but I'll give you the option here. What do you mm. want? Mm. That one I did not see coming. <laughs> uh. I mean, if you're Philip Rivers, because I don't know if he wants to play again or not. But I'm saying, if you looked at well, no, like, close a checklist, enough. a checklist, it's close lo- enough. Location, playoff team, good offense, like you know, Sean Payton. Playing indoor, playing indoors, like it's a lot of the checklist there. If you did want to squeeze out and try and ch- chase a ring one more time, if you're Philip. So, so here's what I think they, they should do anyway, regardless of whether you say that or not. Uh, I think that is a great strategy. I think it's a great strategy if I have some uncertainty about Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. I think it's a great strategy if one of those guys happens to get hurt or like they have Phillip Rivers in the thing. Maybe we do right now temporarily, we do the Josh McCown thing with Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Let's sign him to the practice squad, but let's leave him in Fairhope. Mm-hmm. All right? So now I have you. Yeah, you get the playbook. Now I have you just in case I need you. I don't need you to come here and be the three. I don't need you necessarily standing on the sideline right now, but I got you like in, in the glass case. Yeah, where we break it out if we need. So then that way he has an opportunity to learn it. I don't know if I don't know if if I'm Philip Rivers and all I've done this league. I I don't know if I'm saying, hey, I'm gonna do the practice squad thing. Well, see, I I don't know if I can bring him in and put him in front of Taysom Hill and whatever because now I'm worried about disrupting the chemistry of my. No, see, I'm telling Taysom Hill, I I get my cake and eat it too. It's the reason why they started Jameis over Taysom, right? Because you get Jameis and Taysom. I mean, I I get that, but is Taysom gonna go for that? You you think you're going to make decisions because you're worried about how Taysom Hill feels about it? Oh, well, like, I mean, hey, Taysom, no hard feelings. This dude's like a Hall of Famer. We're going to bring in a, a Hall paying, of Fame we're quarterback. Paying, we're, paying, we're paying Taysom a lot of money to be whatever he is on the and squad. And the other thing is I, 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 I'd i be curious to see, because just having been around Phillip Rivers, 
knowing how much he wanted to win a Super Bowl, I don't think you got to pay Philip Rivers going oh, quarterback rate. I don't think, I think he's like yeah. I'm a high school coach. He, he's his money goes a long way in, in uh, Fairhope, Alabama. I can promise you that. <laughs> oh. So oh, no, no. I, just come I, in and I, say, I, hey, don't just. I just want to. I just want to throw the ball around a little bit. I don't, he might. He might just. He might. It, the phone call could be two seconds. He goes, I don't want to play. But I'm. I'm going to at least make that phone call. If they pick up the phone, he's going to pick it up and he's going to consider it seriously because of what you talked about. Uh, the only thing that we don't know is Sean Payton's never worked with Philip, whereas Frank Reich had worked with him, so there was a history. Yeah. Um, how much of he'd learn that Philip in two seconds? He'd learn that offense in two seconds. I mean, I know. I mean, I know he'd do it. Um, I just want him to take it, and then I want him to have a section in the Superdome that just has Rivers High School team. So you get like all of his high school players up there. It's like a uh, what was a what was a baseball movie it was based off a true story where uh, uh, Dennis Quaid oh like comes gosh. back is like yes. forty five years like holding the baby yes. in his arm and trying out. You know, like I yes. want to see. I can't remember I wanna, the name of the movie. Yes, see the whole Dennis thing. Quaid. I want all Phillips yeah. kids. I want the whole family there, and then I want the whole high school football team there. Um, with like that's my quarterback or that's my coach shirts on. Like yeah, let's uh, let's go there. The rookie good call in the deal. We're not gonna have any issues with Drew Brees coming back because of their history going way back. How about that? How about that? You would have how crazy would it be if Phillip went to the Saints and won a Super Bowl? So that you'd have Brees and Rivers start their careers together with the Chargers. They both end up winning a Super Bowl with the Saints. They'd be tied together forever. Forever. I mean, I mean, that'd be one. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if Drew would endorse that. I think they get along. I think they get. I think they get right, along I mean, fine. Get along fine is one thing. It's another yeah. thing to have somebody in your your QB one spot after you're long and gone. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, I mean, I think for, that, it's good for the media. Give me something to talk about. I think it's something where if you if if we were in the Saints pro department, it has to be a conversation <laughs> and a discussion. Yeah. Because as much as we saw Trevor Simeon uh, and the injury that Taysom Hill has. You better have another quarterback ready. You better have another one ready because one we don't know. You think this team wins a super? You think this team can win the Super Bowl with Trevor Simeon? No, I don't think so. Do you think the team could win the Super Bowl with Philip Rivers? I think he can make enough. See, there's enough hesitation. There's enough. Even if you didn't believe it, the fact that you looked up to the sky and were trying to think about it and I asked you about Trevor Simeon, you didn't stutter. You said no. That's it. No. That tells you everything you need to know. You got to make the phone call. You got to at least make the phone call. Oh, no, you have to make the call. I'm just sitting here trying to figure out if I'm Sean Payton and I'm looking around and I'm in the quarterback room and I'm like, Simeon, take some heel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, DJ, you've done it because I know you've coached flag football before. And sometimes when when, when you're picking up the flag football team, you yeah. don't necessarily get a chance to pick all the players, right? Like you kind of inherit yeah. a team and you're like, you look around and you're like, all right, here we go. We got our skills assessment. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Let, like, let me get all the, the catches over here, the throwers, and the ball goes up for about 20 minutes and you're like, we're in trouble. We got, we're going to be a long year. And so I wonder when Sean Payton is like, look, man, I like when people celebrate me for my ingenuity and my brilliance, but am I trying to do that every week? Yeah. Where I'm trying to manufacturing the game plan of the year. Each and every week. It's a lot easier when you have guys who can be like, ah, we're just going to run these four plays. My guys yeah. are good and your guys, we're figured out. It's a lot harder. Roll it out there. Roll the ball the out there. Oh, <laughs> heavy lifting. Um, all right. Uh, anything, uh, anything else you want to add here? I was going to hit on this game, but I think we've kind of exhausted the Chiefs. Nothing's changed, I feel like. I mean, all the same issues and frustrations that they've had, I think we've seen those pop up every single week they're not patient they're not they're not as physical as they should be they're not taking layups um and it's going to continue to be a problem and then now you compound that with obviously the turnovers that have popped up because you're not being patient because you're not being sound and physical and then you've seen some stupid penalties uh tack on top of that that was a that felt like a loss more than a win when you watched that game last night oh i felt like so much heavy sledding and so Here's the challenge, and I know you see it right in front of your eyes um, with the charges each week. Yeah, DJ takes about half the season to figure out what your team really is. And we can sit here and talk about it in the preseason. Hey, man, we're going to do this. We think we can do this type of team. Da, da, da. Once the ball is lined up, teed up for real, 
and you start playing games where the W's and L's really count, at some point in the season, you have to have that long, hard conversation with your coaches and your team, and you have to tell them, guys, here's where we are. Yep. And here's how we're going to play going forward because this gives us the best chance to win. The Chiefs have to look at what they're doing, and they have to say, man, we can't keep turning the ball over like this. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out a way to change our ways. And for Andy, some people like to go down with the ship. They're going to do it their way. We're going to throw it all over the yard, and I'm not going to worry about it. Or is he going to be, man, Pat, I love you. But mm-hmm. right now, we're in a bit of thing. Let's see if we can settle this thing down a little bit for you and build you back up. The turnover, the turnovers are too much, DJ. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the part, and we'll say this, this is the part of Pat Mahomes' game at Texas Tech that made us pause before giving him the big grade. Yeah. Because when you watch him at Texas Tech, the same, I would say, free-willing recklessness that we've seen, it resulted in some of the turnovers that we're seeing now. And the big thing was, can you take a Sandlot player and make him a traditional player we can have success? Obviously, he was able to do that. But this is the part that gave everyone trepidation on, man, I don't know. Like, he's super talented, so I want to give him the grade for the talent. But, man, what do we do with these creative things? And how do we build an offense around those talents? Because now what they need to do is figure out a way to kind of help him overcome his struggles by taking some of that off of him, despite the fact that he's your best player. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about a couple things. We always we always talk about everything cyclical, right? Everything comes back. You see it. We see it. In, you see it in fashion. You see it in music. You see it in taste. You see it in sports. Everything cycles through, and it always comes back around. And I'm sitting here, and I'm watching the the uh, Chargers Patriots game, right? And I'm watching how efficient you know Mac Jones is playing. His numbers don't look great, but when they needed when they needed quick completions, they need to finish out the game. Quick out, quick out, hitch, you know, shallow cross, boom, balls out where it needs to be, not trying to do too much. Um, and I'm sitting here thinking of, you know, this was kind of a big man's game for a period of time. And then what happened? Offense is adjusted. That offense has got a little smaller. Offensive quarterbacks, we went from maybe trying to find all the six foot five plus mm-hmm. pure pocket quarterbacks. And we said, you know what? We're going to get more athletic and we're going to extend plays and we're going to make things happen. And you were trying to find these creatives, right? The creatives were taking taken over the league. And that started a little bit with Mahomes. Um, we see it obviously with Josh Allen having the success, Herbert's had success. These guys that can really kind of move around and, and create and, and make things happen. And so what's what the defense do? The defense has gotten smaller. The defense has gotten mm-hmm. faster. You've seen an emphasis on taking away explosive plays. We're going to dare you to run the ball. We're going to dare you to be patient. And now it's like, you know what? You know what can help? What can work in the NFL right now? A Mac Jones type player who's just going to sit back there and take the layups and be patient and not try and get too greedy and bing, 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 bing. And, and I'm like, man, is this thing all coming kind of cycling yes. back around? The other thing is when I'm watching the Chiefs, like the behind the back play that we saw there, like, I don't know how you are. I don't, you don't, you, you don't drink coffee, do you, Buck? Uh, a little bit, just every now and then. So if you go into order, you go into yeah. order coffee, right? I am Americano black. That's it. Uh, sir, uh, what can I get you today? Yeah, I'll take a, a grande Americano. Well, you want to think black? Okay, that's my order. That's what the Chiefs need to do because they're going up the menu saying, I'd like a soy latte. Can you put a little yeah, bit of this, a little bit of yeah. that? And the order is this long. Like, just just, just get a plane. Just throw a hitch. I, I don't need the behind-the-back <laughs> stuff anymore, okay? The no-look passes, the behind-the-back, like the catching laterals. Like, just order your coffee black. Like, that's it. Just stop. Take some of the, take some of the sizzle out of it. Yes. Take, take you know that person is. you've been you've if you've been into buy if you go, go to coffee shop you've you've seen the lady this the the I've said the lady because my I think my daughter would probably be one of those her her order is so long with all these instructions I'm like how do they remember all this stuff DJ, DJ I absolutely understand it and here's the thing they're not quite losing but there is a philosophy that when you lose you need to start doing less yeah what you want to do is like oh strip it down to the man. studs simplify so they can play fast. They're talented enough where if you talk about the things that you're talking about, Americano Black, hey, man, we're going to line up two by two, <laughs> all hitches. Yeah. Whoop. Curl Three flat. Three by one. Smash. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. You know? Whoop. We're just 
let's just get into a rhythm where we see some success and I give ourselves a chance by allowing our best players to get loose. Mm -hmm. And the better the players, the simpler you actually can be because they can overwhelm them with talent. Uh, the other thing that you said, and I thought about this last night when I was watching the game, I was like, you know, the challenge that you have as a coach is how committed are you to winning? Mm -hmm. Are you committed to winning or are you committed to doing things your way? Mm -hmm. See, because the Chiefs at the beginning of the game were running the football yeah. and having tremendous success. However, that doesn't look like the fun-loving Chiefs that everyone likes. So can you cast your ego to the side and say, this is how we have to play to win? Yeah. And I, I know I have all these plays and I worked on all these plays in the offseason, but right now where we are, we need to play old basic football one-on-one. And do some of that stuff. And what they'll find is if they do simplify and scale it all the way back, they'll play better because their guys will be freer mm -hmm. and looser and able to play at a high level without having to worry about the backside. I'll stand by what I've said for over a month now, too. That offensive line is built for power, not protection. They, they, they have built a run-blocking offensive line, and they want to sit back there and throw it. It just doesn't marry up. Um, and they're getting the looks they're getting, just begging them. Uh, to run the ball. Anyways, that Chiefs conversation, we feel like we have it every week. Last thing, I, I almost forgot about this. Mike White had the big game for the Jets. Went back 2018, coming out of Western Kentucky. Uh, pulled up my notes on him, Buck. I want to get your thoughts. He was 6045, so almost 6'5", mm -hmm. 224 pounds, ran a 509. Um, I gave him a 61, which is a potential starter grade, meaning you know not an mm -hmm. eventual starter, but potential starter. He had the ability. I thought he could potentially be a starter. Um, my notes operated in the gun. He was really quick, uh, to get to number two in his progression, average athletic ability, really smooth and comfortable in the pocket. Um, wasn't very athletic or explosive on the move. Um, deep ball accuracy was a concern, which if you go look at the shot chart, didn't matter. Didn't throw it down the field last, last week. I say he's not creative. So kind of what we were just talking about, kind of that Mac Jones on time, in rhythm, on schedule underneath, not aggressive to extend plays not aggressive to push the ball vertically but if you're every team in the nfl right now has got this umbrella philosophy they don't want to give up explosives this dude's patient enough and he'll just dink 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 and that's what he did in that game all the way to the tune of 400 yards hey, look it's, it's funny dj i'm going all the way back i um before his final season i did a thing on him and i talked about him being an under the radar guy that they were people were sleeping on and the mm -hmm. thing that I raved about was his intermediate, short and intermediate passing ability, how he yep. played the position basically like a pass first point guard. Um, <laughs> That's what know, we saw. Like just, yeah, like he's at his best quick intermediate throws, um, has the ability to just kind of do everything when it comes to distributing the rock. And so when I looked at him, because I saw him up close and personal at a bowl game, um, it was the same kind of stuff when I watched him against the Bengals. I went back and I looked. I was like, man, I'm reading my report and I'm watching how he's playing. DJ, it is all top of the drop, get it out. Top of the yep. drop, get it out. Top of the drop, get it out. Not a lot of hey, where I'm holding it and taking Hot it potato, down the field man. and doing those things. And uh, it's funny because in this thing that I wrote for NFL.com years ago, I had him projected to go to the Patriots because at the time the Patriots were <laughs> looking for a team. And I was like, look, he's one of the perfect guys because he is a catch, rock, and throw passer. It is all receivers under 10 yards. He stretches the field from east to west with a bunch of horizontal throws. Yep. Um, production to match his talent and potential as a developmental quarterback. And what we saw is that he understands himself, and that's how, that's why it works. Mm -hmm. He understands himself. He understands how he has to play the game, and he does what Zach Wilson hasn't learned to do yet. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, I can't hold this for a long time. I got to get yeah. it out. Either the receivers are going to be too far away from me or the mm -hmm. pressure is going to get to me. So I'm going to mm -hmm. get it out, and I'm going to let those guys, Michael Carter and Elijah Moore, I'm going to let those guys do all the heavy lifting, and that's why it's working. So I don't think yeah. he's an all-star, but I think it works because as he knows himself, he knows how to play the game in a certain way. All right, since I'm wearing a baseball hat, I'll give you the baseball analogy. This is Zach Wilson with the bat, right? He's got it down here. 
And then this is <laughs> my, my guy's my, all choked up on it. <laughs> hey, just hit it the other way, man. Just put the ball in play. Oh, uh, okay. I, I get that because I used to do this in the backyard. Uh, Mike White is Rod Carew. Oh, he nice. Is leaning in. You're aging yourself with that, by the way. Slapping it. He's just, lefty. he just, sla- okay. Ichiro. He's just you're slapping still, it the other way. Still, you're still, he's no, right. too. Rod Carew's in the 70s. Give me somebody that I'm it up to Ichiro. <laughs> Ichiro. Everyone knows who Ichiro is. Come on. Tony Gwynn. I mean, come on. <laughs> no. I mean, come on. It's a little bit contact, of a contact, Ichiro. contact, contact guy. <laughs> uh, just put the ball in play, man. Um, that's what it is, though. That's just, it's kind of like just, he'll, they frustrate you. And I think teams are going to have to start playing a little bit more like this because of the coverage that you're seeing. You know, we've been talking about the safeties being in the parking lot around the league, not trying to give up explosive plays. That's been beat into everybody's brain. And you see all these young defensive coordinators that are sprinkled all throughout the NFL, which is we don't care about we don't care about, you know, yards, we care about points. The way you eliminate points, you eliminate explosives. So, let you run the ball a little bit, we'll give you the underneath stuff and we'll clamp down. But if you get teams that are patient and efficient and willing to play that way, they're going to have success and they're going to score points. And, and that's why the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees of the world were able to play successfully when they Forever. were older because they yeah. figured it out. Yeah. They figured out like, oh, you're going to see if I'm patient enough to take these, I'm going to take them all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take them I'll take them all. That's fine. I'll just keep ding, 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 which is also why in that game, because people talked about the Saints and the Bucks. There are two things that stand out when the Saints play the Buccaneers. One, the Saints are not scared. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have these teams where they're in high school or college where people say, oh, that team is good. You're like, them? Yeah. Oh, no, we'll play them. We'll play them anywhere. We'll play them in the parking lot. It doesn't yeah. matter where we play them. We'll beat them because that's who they are. The Saints don't fear them. Secondly, th- because they don't fear them, they line up and they play them man-to-man. And they yeah. take away the layups that Tom Brady has customarily been given. Yeah. And because the league fears Tom Brady – they sit back, which is what he wants you to do, yeah, right so he can hand. take the dink and dunk. The Saints are like, oh, no, 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 Tom, you're going to have to make some throws today. Yep. And by playing press and tight, it also gives them an opportunity to hit him. And mm-hmm. then once he gets hit, then it changes the clock. Then yeah. he's looking around trying to get it out of there. Yeah, that everything you want to complete down the field, you're going to have to complete it down and outside. We are not. We're yes. going to close the middle, and we're going to close underneath. Everything that you're comfortable with, we're taking away. All your completions are going to be perimeter hole shots down the field. You make those are the most difficult throws to make. You can make those. Tip of the cap. Good luck. And yeah. that and that is it. And the Saints aren't afraid to do that. And yeah. it used to be the way the Jets and Rex Ryan and those guys used to play them when they had success against the Patriots when Tom Brady was there. But most people are afraid to close the middle of the field and make him throw the ball outside the numbers because he does it. Like his numbers drop dramatically when he's forced to throw it outside, when the receivers are running away from him as opposed to running to him. All right, so we always hear the phrase, and I've used it a bunch, and my quarterback coaches when I was growing up always used it, you can't go broke taking a profit, right? So mm-hmm. the whole summary is if you, they give you easy completions, take them. So I've got an analogy I was going to share with you, a lot, one of our final things here before we get out of here. So Easter at our house, um, as, as we've grown, grown into adults, I'm one of four kids, we've got – zillion grandkids so my parents would do a big easter egg hunt when the kids were little the grandkids were little yeah and so what they would do though think about it like this but easter eggs say you have a a quarter or or 50 cents or a dollar in each easter egg right so little plastic easter eggs you put them all over the backyard well she'd take one egg and she could put 20 dollars in there right in one of them and she would throw that in the pool sink all the way mm. down to the bottom of the pool but there's only one so you what you'd see is you'd see four or five people dive into the pool to go chase the 20 dollar bill yeah smart move is to go pick up all the dollars and the 50 cents all over the thing and then next thing you know you end up with even more money than they got out of the pool and oh by the way three or four people got nothing because they went in the pool for the 20 and got nothing so that's like to me is like playing quarterback don't jump in the pool. They're, they're, they're daring you to jump in the pool. Don't jump in the pool. Just go pick up the little eggs all around the yard. That's all you got to do. That's all you have to do. And it's really, really simple, DJ. It's, it's really simple. And it's one of those things where you wonder, why don't – I don't understand why people don't understand. Like, you can take these 
itty bitty things. You can move it around the yard. If they want to play that way, just just be patient. Just do it. DJ, you asked me like sometimes about the opening, like how my team, how we end up winning. Yeah. We end up winning because I parked the safeties in the parking lot. <laughs> and I parked the safeties in the yeah. parking lot. There's a limit where you can you, your safeties can't be deeper at 15. Mm-hmm. I tell them, hey, put your toes at 15. Yeah. Like make them throw because what you're doing is I want them, I want the five-star quarterbacks who are there yeah. competing. I want them to have to play against their ego. Because the ego mm-hmm. says, Oh, I want to show you right foot down the field. And I'm just yeah. nope. Not against us. Mm-hmm. You can take the check downs. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing. And this goes all the way back when I was playing with the Raiders, Willie Shaw, David Shaw's dad was defensive coordinator. And he said, there's a reason why Dan Marino and Brett Favre and all these guys make this money. They make $20 million at a time, which is that because mm-hmm. they got these big arms. What we want to do is let's see how many times we can make them check it down. Mm-hmm. He said, because the reason they get those big checks is because they want to show off that arm. And the more you can make them check it down, the more they get frustrated. And at some point, they're going to be like, I got to let it rip. Yeah, screw it. Screw it throws. Let it rip. You just need to catch it. Because it's going to hit you in the chest. Can you catch it? And that's what these teams are doing to Pat Mahomes and some of the other quarterbacks. They're putting the lid on the defense, putting the lid on top of the coverage. And they're saying, you're not going to throw it deep. Mm -hmm. How are you going to adjust? And you're right. It is cyclical. And yeah. so that's why the Mac Jones and some of these other guys of the world are having success now because everyone is playing that umbrella coverage. Mm-hmm. They haven't tightened it up yet. And if you, to me, sometimes arm strength is a curse and a lack of an arm can be a blessing because I guarantee you there's probably times during Drew Brees' career he would have liked to have been more aggressive <laughs> and pushed it down the field, but like, can't really do that. So this is the way I have to play. And you're gifting me the way you're playing that marries perfectly with the way I want to play. I'm just gonna I'm gonna death by a million paper cuts you every week. And 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 that's what they're doing. And so it is funny, it's something that we should keep an eye on that trend, because you talked about Brandon Staley and some guys are talking about we don't care how many rushing yards you get, because those don't translate into points. Because at some point, even last night, DJ, the yeah. way the Chiefs were running, they weren't scoring. They still only got 20 points. Yeah. And so Patrick Grimm is like, oh, that's great. Because now what happens when you run to a point, when you hit the 15-yard line, oh, well, now it's a tighter field. Yeah. So now I can be more creative in my coverage in the red zone. Maybe rushing three the I got whole a time. Tighter, oh, you're not going to run past me. Yeah. I yeah. got the end line who are super safeties. So yeah. now I can do all that other stuff. So, yeah, it is, it is really fun to watch how teams are doing it. And it's really frustrating to watch how the Chiefs and some of these other teams are responding. Yep, no doubt. Well, it's been uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. All right, that's going to do it for us today, Buck. Let me do one last check of Twitter to make sure that we don't have like a Deshaun Watson trade or something that makes this whole podcast irrelevant. Uh, No, how about Clay Helton closing in on the Georgia Southern job? Good for him. Um, Packers released Jalen Smith. Okay, I think we're... uh, I think we're okay. Quick scan of the headlines. I think we're uh, we're good. Hold on. Hey, I, I hope he knows some option football. I because, played against Georgia Southern three times, and that was all that they did. And I don't so, think Clay Helton uh, DJ, is an option guy. DJ, I'm going to tell you this. It won't be for long down there yeah. in Statesboro if he doesn't have any option. Because I don't want to date myself, but I'm from that Irk Russell era yeah. when you used to watch them play, and it was all triple option. Yeah. Everyone that I come out of there. Played Paul against Johnson. the other Adrian Peterson. Remember the other Adrian Yo, Peterson? Yeah, yeah, Adrian Peterson that played in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you might want to text him and give him some of your favorite option, speed option plays or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I can still hear it. I can still hear it, by the way. The one side, if you ever go to a, a, a game down there, the, 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 whole, the whole freaking game, Georgia, Southern, Georgia, <laughs> Southern. Last, last story real quick. I know we've gone long. Last story. I think I've told you this before. We go down there. We beat, we had beat, it was right after we beat Wake, right? So we beat Wake. I scored the, t- the touchdown and wins the game in overtime. High of the highs, right? I think we were number – I think we might have been number one or number two in the nation in 1AA. So then we go play Georgia Southern, who is always flat really good. Flat as a pancake. Y'all are flat as a pancake buck, the next week. Buck, we call <laughs> – we call – it was like 18 – it was like 18 G-load pass. I can't remember. So anyway, so reverse out, G-load option, right? So reverse out, and then I'm coming out of line. Then you got to take three steps Front back. Frontside guard pulls. Yeah, and so the, and yes. then it's the throwback, right? So it's going. You're going option right, and then we've got the receiver here who's kind of stock blocking, 
and then he's going to safeties are coming out. So he's going to take off and run to the flag on the out. So I got to plant my foot and throw all the way across this way. Not, not, not my, not my, not my game, buddy. So I hit my back foot. <laughs> I go, I go to launch this thing. Right. And he's clear. He's probably 10, 15 yards in the clear. It hang, I mean, but it was, it just, it just floated and fluttered like a punt and just hung up there and they picked it off. And it was literally like, it was the omen, you know, a game early, you know, you're like, yep, this yeah. ain't, this ain't going to go well. And they ran the ball down our throats with that stinking option. I mean, so I was saying, wide open too, Buck. <laughs> it was wide open. <laughs> I am just saying, I hope Clay Hilton understands that he needs to have some option plays in the book yeah because uh my guy brian van gorder coach down yeah. there he had come down there from notre dame and he had talked it didn't about, go well oh, no stinking or no stinking option down yeah, here they don't like that no paul there. johnson then we're like yeah yeah <laughs> how's that working yeah. Well, so, interesting. Uh, See what what Clay, Clay might be calling you to get some ideas. Uh, how to run the ball down there? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to run the option. That's all I'm gonna say. Hey, man, yeah. Run it on. Run the option. Oh man. All right. This was a long one today. This was fun. Uh, appreciate everybody hanging with us. Hope you enjoyed it. We had fun uh, chatting all this stuff up again. Uh, give you guys a heads up. Thursday. Come watch the game with us Thursday night. It's Jets. It's Colts. It's not a marquee matchup, but we have a lot of fun. All you got to do is go to twitch.tv slash move the sticks. See Bucky, myself, Joy Taylor, um, and uh, you get a chance. It's just, if you've watched the Manning cast, it's, we've been doing this for two years now, and so it's the same type of a thing. We have a lot of fun, so twitch.tv slash move the sticks. Uh, thanks to Nabil for all his work producing today. Uh, we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.